Hello, I'm Ian Hyde, a tax disputes partner in the Osborne Clark tax team. Today, I'm with Catherine King, an associate director in the litigation team, and we're going to discuss how to manage collateral or parallel civil claims which arise out of tax disputes. Hello from me. Catherine, um, we're going to cover the issues in two podcasts, but let's start by setting the scene. HMRC comes knocking on a taxpayer's door for unpaid tax. Can you just describe the kind of collateral or consequential claims the taxpayer also needs to think about? Yes, sure. Um, Well, we find that collateral claims arise out of tax dispute a lot. Obviously, where HMRC are investigating tax compliance and alleged errors, taxpayers may think about bringing claims against their previous advisors, so there are professional negligence claims behind them. Um, However, there are also claims under indemnities, as well as issues arising out of commercial contracts. So, uh, for example, pricing assumptions or VAT clauses, um, not just the obvious share purchase agreement. Yes, the one we've um, come across quite a lot, mainly because of the proliferation of remuneration schemes in the noughties, is the employee indemnity, where earnings have been paid out gross under a tax planning scheme. And there are express or implied indemnities from employees over the PAYE and employer national insurance. So um, first question then, Catherine, uh, can we cover some initial thoughts on the relative timing of the two claims? As a matter of practicality and bearing in mind the time limits for tax appeals and so on, it's logical from a tax perspective to deal with the tax dispute first. Can you just give your perspective on timing? Yes, Um, this may seem a basic point, but until there is a tax liability, there is no loss to claim. Just because HMRC have claimed tax is due doesn't mean it's true. And as the would-be claimant in the collateral claim, the taxpayer will be under a duty to mitigate its loss. This means it will not be able to recover damages for loss that it could have reasonably avoided. So if there are arguments against HMRC's claim, um, they must be run. This needs to be considered early on in the HMRC dispute and then throughout. Yeah, the basic point seems uh, to drive a lot of the thinking on managing the conduct of the dispute with HMRC itself. Yes, that's right. Um, So in in light of the crystallisation points we've just discussed, Defendants and collateral claims often question and challenge whether the claimant's conduct of the tax appeal was consistent with the duty to mitigate their losses. Um, But the key point to remember is that mitigation only needs to be reasonable. The duty is not an expectation to go to the ends of the earth, no matter what the uh, defendant and the collateral claim may say. But I suppose, what is reasonable? This is often a difficult question to answer in practical terms. Is a tax appeal always required or can it be reasonable in some cases to simply pay the tax charge when initially raised by HMRC? If an appeal is unsuccessful, does the duty to mitigate require a further appeal? And if it does, how far must you actually appeal? Do you have to go all the way up to the Supreme Court? One way um, we find to help cover off this risk is to keep the would-be defendant informed of the mitigation steps as the tax appeal progresses. This is another reason to consider collateral claims at the outset um, in parallel with the HMRC disputes. 
it may be appropriate to notify the defendant of the collateral claim in general terms at the outset um, and open the dialogue on mitigation at that point. Otherwise, um, if the if the first the defendant hears of the collateral claim is when the tax appeal has concluded, uh, they will start asking all sorts of difficult questions about the mitigation process followed. Being able to say that you kept the defendant informed throughout can only help the claimant's position when responding to mitigation arguments in the later collateral claim. Um, but looping back round to indemnities is one species of collateral claim. Uh, the requirements around mitigation will often be set out in the terms of the indemnity itself. Uh, so it's another thing to look out for if the particular collateral claim will be using an indemnity. Yeah, the problem we come across in practice, don't we, is that it's not just whether and how far to appeal, but also the arguments to run in that appeal. Often the, the would-be defendant will want to run marginal or perhaps left field arguments. And that question has to be answered in the light of the duty mitigate. What you don't want is the tax appeal to be rerun in the High Court when the defendant argues you should have done X or Y. All of this, though, throws up some really interesting points around settlement with HMRC. Yes, yeah, that's right. As an unsurprisingly, um, if the taxpayer settles the defend settles with the defendant in the collateral claim, um, the defendant's always going to argue that the claimant had a watertight defence to HMRC's claim, and that any settlement made with HMRC was a misjudged volunteering of tax. Um, and they'll try and use the duty to mitigate in this context to criticise the terms of the settlement reached between HMRC and the claimant. Um, again it can be helpful to engage with the defendant early on to avoid or at least minimise this type of argument. Okay, uh, that's that's mitigation. Uh, thank you. Um, other than mitigation, are there any other issues we should be thinking about um, or should be in the forefront of the client's minds if they find themselves in a dispute with HMRC and they think they may have a collateral claim? Definitely limitation. Um, another major point is limitation periods, uh, which we are going to discuss in the second part of this podcast series. So yes, we can cover that in our second podcast. Um, so thank you, Catherine. Um, that's the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, goodbye.